Star, welcome to the channel. Today's video, three myths that we are taught to believe about cluspy personality types. My stars, mwah. thank you guys and gals so much for joining me today. But not only that, thank you for sharing your stories. You never know who's gonna resonate with your stories. Some of you have been sharing your stories with me and the rest of the Luminous Star community. But not only that, you've been sharing it with the world. So special shout out to my stars who are sharing his or her stories. This is your first time visiting Luminous Star. Welcome to the Luminous Star channel. Certainly hope it's not your last visit. Should you become a part of our star family, please click the notification bell. This way you will be notified of all of the videos and vlogs that come out. My stars, just a friendly reminder, please make sure you have selected the notification bell. Okay, so there's a few myths that most of us who are empaths have been taught about the cluster B personality type. Matter of fact, now that I think about it, a lot of people in general have been taught these myths about cluster B personality types. Okay, myth buster number one. Hurt people hurt people. Cluster B personality types, they usually know exactly what they're doing. Not only do they have a strong sense of entitlement, they also have a strong sense of control. This does not leave out or exclude that they have a great sense of right and wrong. Great doesn't necessarily mean good. Cluster personality types often have a malignant intuition. This is often why they seem to know exactly what you're gonna say and exactly what you're gonna do. It's almost like they have a sixth sense or they're psychic. Unfortunately, those of us who are emotionally invested in the cluster personality type, we think that they're going to change. We think if we love them enough, they're going to change. We often think that with us being around, that we're going to make a real difference in their lives, whereas they will change. This is also a part of that myth that hurt people hurt people. No, when it comes to the cluster personality when type, when it comes to the cluster personality type, they are often very methodical, if not very conniving about what they're doing, pulling shenanigans engaging in diabolical tactics, all for the narcissistic supply. When you think about it, the cluster personality type has a predatory nature. What does a predator do? They watch, okay? They watch the target prey. They set traps to ensnare the target prey. They have to make sure that the target prey finds the trap very enticing, very attractive. That trap has to be very appealing to the target prey. Cluster personality types are masters at this. When it comes down to that cliche about hurt people hurting people, yeah, generally it's true. But when it comes to cluster personality types, it's often not the case. They usually are very methodical about ensnaring the target prey. So what better way to do it than to behave as if they're helpless? Okay, so we've all seen this in the movies. We've read it in books. Maybe we've read it online how the targeted prey is enticed, they're drawn in. So the targeted prey is ensnared by the cluster personality type. Who has a predatory nature? Predators have to entice the targeted prey in order to draw them in to be ensnared. So hurt people hurting people, this does not apply to cluster personality types when you really look at their behavior patterns. Okay, so being in relationships with cluster personality types, it's very toxic, okay? The environment, when you think about how hostile their environment is, it goes right into how cluster personality types often pull down 
or and captivate their targeted prey like a stronghold, leaving them in a sunken place. When you think about the environment of a sunken place, it's usually not very loving. Cluster personality types, they often like to make sure that the relationship is very toxic and dysfunctional. The first thing that has to go are personal boundaries. Cluster personality types, they simply don't do healthy, balanced relationships, okay? They don't do positive relationships. So hurt people hurting people does not apply when it pertains to the cluster personality type. Myth buster number two, they didn't mean to do it. Cluster personality types, they are often very focused on the targeted prey and how they're going to ensnare him or her. Cluster personality types are very focused on how to obtain the narcissistic supply, meaning this is usually something intentional. Narcissists and cluster personality types, since they have a predatory nature, they're out to survive by any means necessary. So when we say that they didn't mean to do it, this is often a myth, whereas it pertains to the cluster personality One type. of the reasons why cluster personality types are masters at being energy vampires is because they're looking to survive. They're hoping to thrive forward so they can have enough energy to keep going out and roaming the earth seeking whom they may devour. Another way of paraphrasing this, cluster personality types are often on the prowl seeking new supply. One of their biggest nightmares is to run out of supply, having to only face themselves. Karma never goes to the wrong address. Cluster personality types often seem to think that they are above and beyond karma and having to face consequences for their misconduct, their misdeeds, and their mistreatments of other people. So when empaths are around, unfortunately, they are not chosen. They are targeted by the cluster personality type. Cluster personality types, they are energy vampires because they are looking to survive and thrive so they can keep getting supply. Myth buster number three, if you are an empath, you've been chosen to save the cluster personality types, not only in your family, but on the planet. This is nothing further from the truth. Empaths who are intuitive empaths or highly intuitive empaths, they are more or some of the most beautiful people on the planet, I think, okay? And so do a lot of people on the planet. When you go into a room, you are able to clear the toxicity in that room. Just think about it. You feel other people's emotions. You pick up on things that most people do not pick up on about that person. This does not exclude the cluster personality type. Cluster personality types, when that mask flip off and your veil lifts, both of you identify each other. So you really know each other's natures, you know each other's spirits, and you know each other's energy body. And very often, it's like oil and water. It does not mix. You are not here on the planet to save cluster personality types. They cannot be saved. Okay, so cluster personality types have a personality disorder, which is fixed. It's not a good idea to invest in him or her, therefore wasting your time and energy thinking that they may change because you love him or her. It's one thing to love someone and invest in them. That love has to be reciprocated. If you are not being appreciated in that relationship, yeah, it's a poor investment. One of the best ways to sum up the cluster personality types that may be in your life, when you're thinking about these myths here, just remember three things. The cluster personality type is a person who has a personality disorder that is fixed. Therefore, it's less likely he or she are gonna change. Secondly, he or she has low morality codes, 
Okay, they, they seem to not even have morals at all. Thoroughly. They have very questionable characteristics. All right, this is often why they do character assassination. They have identified you as a person who knows how to exist on this planet with a higher consciousness. You have the capacity to love. You have the capacity to have relationships with other people that are positive. Don't think for one second that the cluster personality type does not know that you are a luminous star. They already have identified you as a person that is capable of functioning on this planet at a higher consciousness and a higher vibrational frequency. Because believe it or not, and a lot of empaths have a hard time grasping this, that is cluster personality types would not change themselves even if they were, number one, asked to, number two, if they had the chance to change themselves. No way, no how. They would not change themselves for nothing in the world. Why? Because they benefit from how they are. They think that they're winning by being the way that they are. Functionality of the false self-image, the first function of the false self is that it conditions the narcissist and the cluster personality to become overly dependent upon it for a false sense of security while ensuring others that the narcissist and the cluster personality has the capacity to connect to others in a meaningful way. So the false self-image will have the cluspy personality and the narcissist overly dependent upon it. Okay. While at the same time, when it comes to us or, you know, someone else who has a relationship with the cluspy personality, the false self image gives a false image. Okay. That's what it is. False image. It gives the false reinsuring of the narcissist having the capacity to connect to you or anyone else when that's not true. The cluster personality and the narcissist, they don't know how to connect to other people. They don't have the capacity to do it, nor do they have the desire to do it. Yet the false self gives us the illusion that the cluster personality and the narcissist has the capacity to connect when they do not. Okay. Second function of the false self image. It, un it encourages the narcissist and the cluster personality to behave like a control freak and a control junkie who will stop at nothing to supply the false self image with those who are grieved by trauma in order to feed off of his or her emotions. Emotions are energy emotion. Third functionality operates as a middleman between the detached and those who are emotionally invested. Fourth functionality of the false self image is that it works as an entity which keeps both the cluster B personality and those who are source supply in captivity of a traumatic unresolved past. It becomes irrelevant whether or not the trauma is yours or belongs to the narcissist or the cluster B personality. So basically, the false self image in order to maintain its survival, it will function seemingly 
as an entity which keep both you and the cluster B personality stuck in an unresolved traumatic past. And it doesn't matter whose traumatic past it belongs to because you're connected. You're involved with him or her, the, the narcissist that is, the cluster B personality that is. So it doesn't matter whose traumatic past it belongs to. Both you and the cluster B personality are captives of the false self-image. Next function. The false self-image, okay, the false self-image functions as an energy whore. The lower your energy, vibration, and frequency, the better the false self-image of the narcissist likes it. That's pretty self-explanatory. All source supply with childhood trauma more than likely have gateways which have not been constructively resolved. The false self-image of the narcissist and the cluster personality will use gateways as a path to possible lifelong source supply of targeted prey. So, if there are gateways or portals, more than likely you will find some sort of traumatic event or events in that person's life. Are you attempting to save the narcissist or yourself from an unresolved traumatic past? That third question is also quite profound, I think. Are you attempting to save the narcissist or the cause personality, right? Or are you attempting to save yourself from an unresolved traumatic past? When Sodom and Gomorrah had fallen and people were running, literally running from the chaos, and there was a particular woman who was warned not to look back or she would turn into a pillar of salt. And when she turned around, she turned into a pillar of salt. She, to me, that represents of her turning back and looking to, at her past that was very painful. She didn't want to let it go. It, was, it went unresolved. She turned around and she kept focusing on it. She turned into a pillar of salt. And when she turned into a pillar of, of salt, she remained stagnant. She was a statue. She was a, a salt, a pillar of salt statue. Okay, she remained stagnant. So as long as she kept looking behind her, looking at her past that was very chaotic, very painful, she didn't want to let it go, she remained a pillar of salt. Therefore, she remained stagnant. I think about that as I read that question. Are you attempting to save the narcissist or yourself from an unresolved past or traumatic past? Because when we keep looking back, aren't we stagnant? Yeah. Absolutely. So as you're running away from the chaos at one point, but then you keep looking back at another point, who are you really trying to save? Cycle or pattern of narcissistic abuse. Idealize, devalue, discard. Additional patterns of narcissistic abuse is hoovering and then recycling. I say the, that the hoovering is the one-two punch because when they hoover, before they actually hoover you back in, the first sucker punch is when they are coming up in conversation. It could be via the enablers and flying monkeys that he or she has recruited. You're no longer in the relationship with the narcissist and cluster personality. 
you have gone no contact, right? You're thriving forward. Yet the narcissist and the cluster personality, they're not taking no for an answer. So the first sucker punch again is when it seems like they're, you know, they're lingering over your life. So this is where the hovering comes in. Okay, so it's like they, they, this dark cloud that lingers over your life. So wherever you move, they move. They're coming up in conversation. They may be showing up at your job. They want you to see them, but they will not approach you. They will not make contact because you've gone no contact. They know you're not going to deal with him or her directly. So they will recruit flying monkeys and they will recruit their enablers to um, bring them up in conversation. You know, sometimes you are questioned about the relationship or why did you two have a fallout? You know, the narcissist and cluster personality, they, they plan and strategize all of this. And I still say the hoovering is the one two sucker punch because before they actually hoover you back in, they're already taking steps to hoover you back in. And it's so subtle that a lot of us miss it. When they're coming up in conversation, and so when we're out somewhere and we may see them at a distance, we, they may show up at the job, they may show up at school, they may show up at places that you frequent. The closely personality and narcissists, they know exactly what they're doing. They're hoovering you back in before they have actually hoovered you back. The second sucker punch is when they have actually hoovered you back in. Because now, it's just like old times. You're visiting again. You're interacting with the narcissist or closely personality once again. You're having them over for dinner. You're going over for dinner. You know, you're hanging out or whatever. Or if this is a romantic situation, you're involved with him or her again. Okay, and they do all of this. Once they hoover you back in, they do all of that to recycle. It just starts all over again. It's a vicious so cycle. So once they have hoovered you back in, the vicious cycle starts all over again. They idealize you again. Then before you know it, you're going to be devalued again. Then you're going to be discarded again. And make no mistake. They can wait for years before they attempt to hoover you back in, all to recycle and start the process all over again. The narcissistic cycle of abuse can be very vicious. All right, let's move forward. Tool number one, beware of the gaslight technique. Most, if not all narcissists and occlusive personality types use this particular diabolical tactic and hopes to obtain narcissistic supply. By gaslighting others, the narcissist and or possibly personality denies the realities of others around him or her. Take steps to practice personal boundaries without apology and or explanation. Narcissists and possibly personality types do not respect nor practice personal boundaries. They often lack any regard for morality Therefore, do not consider or value others practicing the golden rule Build and work your support base. Expressing what you are or have experienced due to emotional involvement with the cluster personality types might prove to be a game changer. Having others around you who understand your plight and what narcissism is provides you exposure to the possibilities of having positive relationships with others.